Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 92 of FPL Black Box and here to prove that he's not just a pretty face, it's Jenny Petici on Black Box. Oh my God, what's happening? How you doing mate? Hello mate, how are you? <laughs> Very good to be here. I didn't realise you were episode, did you say 92? 92. Gosh, I remember you and Mark in your first ever episode. So yeah, it's you've, you've, you guys have come a long way. And I'm delighted that after 92 episodes, I finally got the call up. I've obviously been a massive fan of the show for a very long time. Yeah, but I mean, there's already some people in the chat saying that you're you're not a stats man. I, I don't think that's true. I mean, we do the, we do the Janny team selection every week over on Scout and you bust out some stats yeah. now and then. You're not totally against it. No, not at all. I think to be a good FPL manager, you need to appreciate stats and eye test. I think I've probably always been more heavily an eye test manager, but as the years have gone on, certainly with my work with Scout, like I've more and more taken an interest in in data and stats. So yeah, definitely need both. Um, so yeah, interesting observation there, but I think probably uh, we we all need to uh, take take on board both both eye test and stats. You, you, you can't avoid them these days. And we've got some really interesting stats on, on this episode. I mean, there's lots of decisions to be made, transfers being made. We've got the double game week back to back. For those who have still got their triple captain, when to use it, you don't have yours. So you can oh. offer a, an unbiased opinion um, on that. Uh, for anyone wondering, Mark is not here. So I was on holiday uh, for the last Black Box. I was on a beach in, in Mexico. Uh, Mark is in Bulgaria. I'm not sure what he's doing in Bulgaria, but that's where he is. I think it's with work. Uh, hopefully he'll be listening. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll be reunited uh, next week. Um, but yeah, thanks to him as always. He helped build this black box as, as he always does so i hope he comes back with a better tan than you mate <laughs> it's embarrassing <laughs> is it the only reason i look remotely tan is because i've got my lights on like the golden setting but oh nice yeah i was even using tanning oil you know i bought tanning oil to try i just don't tan <laughs> just go red i'm like yeah i bet you go bronze like a beautiful italian no comment no comment <laughs> See Instagram for more. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, right, before we get into the episode, uh, a word from our sponsor. Um, as always, thank you to NordVPN, uh, who, sponsor, uh, who are sponsoring this episode. Jenny, I want to ask you about VPNs. Do you know what a mm -hmm. VPN is? I only know what a VPN is because of this stream. Like, Nord, <laughs> a VPN have obviously like supported you guys for a fair few shows. And I must admit, I've heard you and Mark talking about it and sort of the benefits and gone... Yeah, I should probably get, should probably get on that. Um, so it's 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 definitely on my radar now. But as a technophobe, like I am always a couple of years behind. So I have no <laughs> doubt in the next twelve to twenty four months, I'll probably jump on board. Like I just bought an iPhone the other day. I bought wow. the eleven. I bought the eleven. Like I wouldn't, you know, that's just what I do. What were you using before? Like a, a brick. A brick. And I was on an eight, an eight plus. An eight. I think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. For anyone who isn't aware, uh, Janny is is probably the most technologically incompetent person I've ever met. 
yeah. in my life. I mean, you have you have run a stream before and hosted a stream before. Um, to, yeah. And you know, you used to do the watch alongs and stuff, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's always it's always a bit of drama, isn't it? When you when you take the reins, you, you had a lot of calls ahead of those streams. Going as I'm panicking, I still don't know what button to press. And you're like, I've set everything up. You just click like start streaming on OBS. Oh, those are the days. Anyway, if you're not familiar with what a VPN is, uh, Nord VPN will help you hide your IP address, uh, which helps you increase your privacy online. You can connect to different countries online. So if you're interested in another country's Netflix. Uh, for example, or Colombo, as Mark and I always uh, hmm. talk about, you can do that. Um, the best thing about it is probably you can uh, uh, the protection you get on public Wi-Fi, so stop people yeah. stealing your data and everything when you're logging into cafes and coffee shops uh, and all that. And you can secure all of your devices, PC phones, your new iPhone, uh, your tablets, and everything on your kind of household. Uh, why Nord? It's the fastest VPN on the planet. It's the best reviewed VPN um, out there. It's got 24-7 support and a 30-day money-back guarantee uh, as well. So if you're interested, you can grab your exclusive deal through us. Uh, just go to nordvpn.com forward slash scouts. You get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and a bonus gift. Uh, it's completely risk-free, as I mentioned, with a 30-day uh, free trial. So yeah, check it out. Enjoy it. Thanks to Nord for sponsoring this stream. Uh, do check them out, especially if you don't use any kind of online security. It's important to make sure you are protected online. Right, let's get into some fantasy football. Let's start with the game week just gone. We've got to start with Mark, I'm afraid. Hmm. Uh, massive score for him, 97 points Yeah, uh, he got. Fair bit of jam, we'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, Edison with six, uh, Ake with one, uh, Trippi with eight, Estupanian off his bench with yeah. nine points and the two assists. Uh, of course, for the, the, the gone to Spain, Matt Doherty thinks he's given Trippier. Gone off. That's a funny one, isn't it? it? Is. I mean, Doherty, I, I just thought when I saw a Stupian on Mark's bench, I was like, Doherty, if he doesn't start, he'll come on. We mm. know what Conte does with those wing backs, but obviously linked with the move away. And yeah, he stayed benched. And nine, that's a huge, huge player to come off your bench. It is. He could, I mean, he could easily have come on for, for one point. And that's yeah. sad. Maybe Mark's luck is, is turning. Um, a bit. He's uh, he deserves it, doesn't he? He's got he some does. credit in the bank there. He does. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he had the double Arsenal midfield, Odegaard and Saka both returning. He's still got Salah, uh, who disappointed again uh, with three points, uh, and Rashford, and then Haaland captain Mitrovic. And look at this, Eddie and Ketia, thirteen points, massive. So yeah, re really good week for for Mark. He has. Yeah, I mean the the triple Arsenal attack there is lovely. I think going into that double in twenty three, if we're all looking at the best three. Arsenal players to go for I think Mark's got them all and I think it is mm. triple Arsenal attack now sure loads of us are going to have Ben White or Gabriel and that's fine and you complement it with two attackers but I think Mark's played that really well and I know he's I know he's big on Arsenal but Salah I mean this is the week 100 I'm I'm 100% confident I've not spoken to him Mark's going to be selling Salah this week surely you, you think it's an easy move for him Salah to Fernandez, something like that I imagine that's, yeah. that's locked in I mean his, his team looks good and well set for the doubles like you say he's got the three Arsenal ready he's got the three City as well I mean he can't move for De Bruyne for example because he's got Ake and, and Edison yeah. uh, which probably makes Fernandez even more attractive but yeah I look at Mark's team and think it's well balanced it's got all the good players for the, for the doubles coming up yeah, Shaw's on the bench as well. Obviously, didn't play, but yeah, I think I think he's looking good. Yeah, he's well set. He doesn't have um, the Harlan Kane double up, which is which works for him because it then allows you to have Enketia and someone like Mitro, mm. who I think is going to be playing in the blanks. So, yeah, I, I wonder if he'll if he'll hold Mitro long term or if he'll look to maybe go to a, a shorter term punt there. But yeah, he, he's well set up. Yes, yep, almost the perfect team. Says Mandolin Tudor. He'll like to he'll like to hear that. He likes to feel vindicated. Uh, me next. Uh, I got 87. I did something a bit exciting, Jenny. You did. Uh, my... I text you to say, <laughs> he has just scored. I'm at the stadium at Leicester. I'm, I'm, he's actually scored as. And you were like, really? Really? I know. It was, it was great for 24 hours until it all, all went uh, tits up. Anyone oh, wondering, yeah. listening on the pod, I did captain Matoma. I was fueled by tequila. Uh, there was a five-hour <laughs> delay. So the match started at quite early in the morning so I didn't have well the deadline was early in the morning anyway so I didn't get the, the jitters and, and change it um, but I got 87 Kepper in goal with 9 I know some people played Ward over him I think because I was in a bit of a bubble in Mexico I didn't really I couldn't believe people had gone for Ward over over Kepper it was my most asked question on my deadline stream Kepper or Ward everyone was considering like really torn and for me I kept saying I didn't get everything right that game week but I said to everyone 
It's not even a discussion. No. You, 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 Leicester? No. Don't, don't mess about. Kepa is a good keeper. He's getting good bonus points. He's making lots of saves. He's doing all the things that we've seen. It's why I bought him, because I was against him, right? But I watched those games. I thought, this is a keeper who's going to hoover up points. So you, you just yeah. don't bench him. Um, I'm sorry, yeah. I, I would have said that. Uh, anyway, it's not very helpful for anyone that did. Um, I've got the double Newcastle defence, which has been really, really good for me, actually. Yeah, Trippier and, and Botman. Uh, Shaw with, with zero. Uh, De Bruyne, an assist, but still disappointing. Kudazewski, disappointing. Hope for something against Fulham. Uh, Rashford Odegaard, Matoma captain, hmm. uh, which uh, it was a beautiful goal. Just, you know, he's, he's full of full of goals in that. And yeah, like I said, I was absolutely over the moon. It made my holiday until I woke up the next morning and Haaland had scored a hat-trick. <laughs> 61 minutes, I think, was all he needed. Oh dear, yeah. So in the end, it was only seven points uh, difference between them, but it is annoying, you know, like the differential finally comes off and yeah, you, you get punished for it anyway. Uh, and then Kane with six. So yeah, good good week for me, Green Arrow. Um, I've half my rank in the last few weeks, so I'm on the up, which is um, nice. Uh, well played on Newcastle double defence, mate, because yeah. you went Botman when a lot including myself, decided to go for a Man City defender mm. and loads went Stones or Ake or Akanji. And, and, and yeah, I think City had a double game week, but Ake's had like a one and a two. Botman's had two sixes and Botman just looks nailed for those six pointers. Newcastle are funny, aren't they? Because it seems too good to be true. Like they can't, surely they can't just keep keeping clean sheets, but they just are. Yeah, <laughs> so you kind of just, you kind of just go with it. Yeah, exactly. And again, I think again, because I was in this bubble, a lot of people were getting freaked out by Brighton and Newcastle players because they're worried about this blank coming up in 25. And yeah. honestly, I didn't even really think about stuff like that. I just bought in the players. So yeah, kind of shows sometimes you can overthink things. No, us, we don't overthink in this game. Yeah, and there's sometimes points there to be had straight away. Like 25 is great and there's going to be some blanks and we should err on the side of caution when going double Newcastle defence or investing heavily in Brighton. But if Brighton have got great fixtures and Newcastle are keeping clean sheets for fun, then get those points now and then think about possibly needing an extra four-point hit. But the likes of Matoma and Botman feel so obvious now. They do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dealey says, drink every time I say Mexico. I'm assuming it's just Delia <laughs> playing this. Mexico, 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 Mexico. Excellent. Uh, your game week. You did the worst of the three of us. 77 points. A red arrow uh, for you. Uh, Kepper in goal. You played him. Good man. Uh, Trippier of eight. Ake with one. Uh, ben White. You went white over Shaw. And it made absolutely no difference whatsoever. They both got zero. Yeah. Uh, De Bruyne, Martinelli, Rashford. Martinelli. Bit disappointed with him, right? Especially with Odegaard and Saka doing, doing so well. Mate, I... It's risky selling Martinelli, knowing there's a double round the corner. But if you're if you're sure with Arsenal, you're going to be on triple Arsenal for that double game week 23, which I will be. And you know Arsenal are playing in the blanks, and you know Arsenal are going to go on like great runs. You've got to get the best three, and if that means a sideways move from Martinelli to an Odegaard or Martinelli mm. to a Saka, if you believe they're the better players, and I know later in the show we're going to be comparing Arsenal assets, then so be it. And this might be the week I actually come off Martinelli for a week, and then go short-term on someone, a United midfielder, and then go to Odegaard, for example. Because I just don't think I want Martinelli in my team long-term now. I want Odegaard. I want Nketiah. It's tricky. It's tricky once you've got the value tied up in them to, to make the switch. But I think particularly with Trossard signing as well, adding that extra bit of competition to, to Martinelli, I think he's going to be it's going to be a sell for a lot of people. But again, difficult before a double because, you, yeah. it's, as you said, it's a, it's a kind of sideways move. So yeah, decisions to be made there. Uh, March... You went for March oh. over Matoma. Clearly hadn't been reading my scout articles or my or my threads. I'm uh, gutted I didn't see them, mate, because genuinely <laughs> I was asking Brighton fans for advice and usually we would chat on the Wednesday, but you were in Mexico, Mexico drink. Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I looked on the scout. I looked on scout, compared the two players. I'd obviously been watching them. My heart did say Matoma, but my head went, no, go with the numbers. Look at the average position maps and March is that little bit closer to the goal. He's the most advanced player in the team. And he was against Leicester again. Just He did miss a sitter, which Matoma oh, that's March. set him up for. That's March. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's just not great in front of goal. But I'm still happy owning a Brighton mid, despite it being the wrong mid for the Bournemouth fixture. Yep. So I'm still there. I still expect some points. Uh, but yeah, I spoke to Jules on the Friday. Jules Breach is obviously a Brighton fan. And she said, oh, I've got Matoma. And she had just bought him Matoma. She was like, it's a no-brainer. And I was like, oh, I've, I've now sold March in my head. I'm just going to go there. I should have listened to her and I would have listened to you. I, I think I might have said it on, on, a, on a stream. I think March is a good option, by the way. I think the stats are good. And he, he, should, he should start getting, you know, he's getting into good positions. And that normally means the points are going to come. But um, 
I think I said to you on a, on a stream like a month ago or something, I've never seen a player in the Premier League, I think only Mares with as good close control of the ball as, as much. I remember I compared him to Messi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We did have that fun, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, the, and, and that, the goal he scored in the FA Cup just encapsulates it. His touch, his... Uh, I just, everything about him is just classy. He, the ball just glues to his feet and there's very few players that I've seen with, with the ability that he's got. So, Well, he did write his thesis on the art of dribbling and he was playing university football only a couple of years ago. Like that's is that true? crazy for me. Yeah, yeah. I've just been doing some research you on have. Matoma. Yeah, very I've good. done a, I've, I've actually pre-recorded as a 60 second YouTube short on Matoma just the other day. Very good. I mean, it's, it's not out yet so keep your eyes oh, closed. I will June, be, yeah. be looking forward to that. And there you are with March, you see him. Oh dear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, then it's Kane up top with Haaland and you've still got Kai Havertz. I don't know how we yeah. managed to, to to stick around, but you feeling I mean Chelsea have signed a lot of a lot of creative players around him. You think he's gonna be a good option? Interesting, as you say that, Niraj in the chat, what's the obsession with Havertz, Janny? And it's a funny one because it, it it's not actually uh it's not an obsession, I promise you that. But it was meant to be a one-week pun. It always is. It always is. You know, we had unlimited transfers off the back of the World Cup. I think he had Bournemouth. The first game back, I was confident he'd start. He went and got a 12 pointer against Bournemouth. Like, he's been a good own. Compare him to Mitrovic and Martial and Callum Wilson, he's outperformed them. I think Tony has just edged him. Um, but yeah, he's, he's been really good uh, or been okay, been good enough for that price. Now Jorginho's gone, Kai's going to be on pens. He has Fulham at home this week. Again, I think I'll be off him by next week because I'm going to have Nketiah for the double. But each week I keep saying, give it one more week. And against Liverpool, the nil-nil, after five minutes, Chelsea thought they were 1-0 up. VAR to about five minutes and there I was tweeting and celebrating Havertz scoring the opener. So again, that like... That doesn't he... sound like you, Jenny. Yeah, yeah, I'll celebrate. <laughs> a premature celebration on that one. Um, so yeah, look, he's playing number nine for a team that's starting to look a little better, starting to score goals and have some good fixtures. For the time being, I'm playing it week by week. I think he'll come out for Nketiah, but I'm going to play him in that Fulham Friday night game. Okay, good. Excellent. Nice to have a... You've got a couple of differentials in there, March and Havertz. I like yeah. it. Yeah, That's... and I'm buying another one this week, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested by this. You, you kind yeah. of teased before we even came on. Let's just know what your uh, moves are. So yeah, stick around to, to learn who that is. Uh, let's take a quick look at the great and the good. Um, so thank you to Greyhead for this. You've been added... Uh, which is unfortunate because you're ahead of uh, myself and Mark. Um, you can see here that puts you in about seventh. You are nestled between Tom Stevenson and FPL General. Good place to be. I mean, 220k um, at this stage. I mean, you were. High, you were in the top. Were you in the top 100k a few weeks ago? No, I think I was. No, no I think I was one. 150, 180 or something, okay. yeah. 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 I think I started with a one, but not for long. Yeah, still not not bad. Uh, I'm down there um, in 700k, but yeah, as I said, quite a big green for me. Uh, and then Mark, someone asked where Mark is. Mark is still bottom of the great and the good, unfortunately. Uh, but he's now 3 million in the world, rather than 4 million. He went up 741,000 places uh, wow. with his score of 97. And he's now just about 40 points-ish off uh, Savanish Singh. So if he can get off the bottom, he will be absolutely uh, over the moon. Uh, Greyhead is also... Tough season. Yeah, tough season. Look tough at season. these... these I mean, look, Ben Crellin topped great and FPL Harry in the top 10k. But other than that, this time last year, so many of those names would be in the top 10k. Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, you can see, I mean, you know, when you come to below Tom Stevenson, so from you, so the majority of the great and the good, you know, the kind of good managers... Um, are uh, all um, you know ranked lower than 200k? So yeah, it is it is a it is a very uh, tough season uh, indeed. Uh, Greyheads also sent us um, the re restart. So this like restart league that uh, they've the Premier League pushing. What did they call it? They called it like a, a, an initiative like no other or or something uh, very strange, uh, which I'm not too sure about. Um, but you can see here, Mark is not bottom of this. So he is doing quite well since the restart. Uh, I'm about mid-table and you are... Basically, everyone's kind of about where, where they yeah. are, except for Mark, who, who's kind of off the bottom. So it's been a decent restart for, for most managers, apart from the likes of Magnus. I mean, 400k, Neil, 400k, rank drop. Savanish, 500k. I mean, these are quite big, but... You know, Mark's got up a billion places, so yeah, he'll be happy with that. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Magnus is playing some rogue moves. I've I've noticed he's been he's been going really really loose with his gameplay, which is perhaps off the back of either not caring so much this year, off the back of maybe a bad start, or or or, or maybe he's just gone super differential for the fun of it. But um, yeah, he's having fun with it. Yep. Uh, right. Let's get into some actual content then. Um, let's start by looking at some of the January signings that have taken place so far. So I've got some of the kind of key um, ones on this list for us to talk to. So the big news today: Cancelo going off to yeah. Bayern on loan with a what a seventy million euro, um, you know, buy uh, that they can take up at any point. I'm shocked. I'm I, I, I'm absolutely shocked by by, by this whole. Saga because I honestly thought Cancelo was in the bracket of De Bruyne and Haaland as being completely irreplaceable for Pep, given what yeah. he's done over the last few seasons. And for that, I can't remember a relationship going so sour so quickly. Can you? It's weird, right? It is weird. It is weird. Um, he clearly didn't ha- was off form. Um, he didn't. He lost his place to Dallow in the in the World Cup. Came back to the restart and likes of Rico Lewis were getting starts. Ake was playing a lot. And with that, he wasn't in the eleven quite often and didn't take kindly to it. And apparently there was a big bust up ahead of the Arsenal game. Mm. He didn't like the fact he was dropped. We have seen Pep fall out with big personalities. And we don't know what Cancelo's like. He's clearly a bit of a personality with a bit of an ego and a lot of great players have that. But Pep over years gone by has fallen out with big names. Latan comes to mind. He's sold amazing players at City. He's let them go. You know, he lets Leroy Sane go. Mm. He let Sterling go recently to a rival. And with Cancelo, he's just thought, I'm not having that attitude on the training ground day in, day out, which is clearly their relationship had turned sour and no no players bigger than the club. Now, look, City aren't going to be short of takers here. It's interesting that it's alone with the option. Mm. Um, this is a guy we've we've spoken about being one of the top fullbacks in world football on the left or the right so it's a big loss it's a big loss now there'll be City fans really disappointed because he wasn't having the best of seasons even before the World Cup but you look back at last season arguably their second best player probably after De Bruyne like he's been phenomenal and in FPL we'll really miss him but we've all just saved a whole load of money because you knew at some point you'd be buying back Cancelo this year. Well, not anymore. You don't need that seven million defender. You can have Ake or Rico Lewis at three point nine instead. I mean, I'd, I'd go one further and say he's the best left back in Europe, given what we've yeah. seen from the last from previous few seasons. And I think his his him leaving City weakens them significantly in an area which they're not exactly stacked in at, at fullback. I mean, they've he's going to be putting a lot of faith in Lewis. Um, yeah. Is it, is it Lewis? Rico Lewis? Yeah, yeah, Rico yeah. Lewis. yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of, of... He's got a very talented player, but is he ready to play 90 minutes in a you know, game game out? I think Pep thinks he, he probably is. So, yeah, a re- really interesting move. I mean, we all thought he was indispensable at the start of the season. Everyone had him in their teams. And for him to have gone, you know, in January, really interesting. Um, what about Jorginho? Come on. Hmm. Here we go. Here we go. Arsenal have got themselves. This is why I've got you on here. (laughs) (laughs) Arsenal have got themselves a natural-born winner, a natural leader, a good influence in the dressing room. It's a great deal. It feels like a great deal for all parties, like Chelsea getting money for someone that's going to leave for free in the summer. Um, They've got someone with that winning experience. I'm surprised to see so many Arsenal fans annoyed about this. The disrespect Jorginho gets in the Premier League and certainly in sort of football and FPL Twitter really surprises me because he doesn't get that in Italy and he doesn't get that in Europe. And he, this is a guy that literally came third in the Ballon d'Or. When was the last time a Premier or an Arsenal player hit a top three Ballon d'Or? I think Thierry Henry might have come third once or twice. He's come third in the Ballon d'Or. Um, <laughs> Here we go. And the disrespect this should be the, this should be the game. <laughs> The disrespect he gets. So look, um, I think he's a good move. Look, I don't think he's going to break into that Arsenal eleven straight away. Like if Thomas Partey's fit, mm. the way he's playing, sure he plays, but he's a brilliant backup to have. And look, it'll be on penalties. So for those that own Sacco and they are on the pitch together, you'd think Jorginho will take them. He was Chelsea's vice captain as well, by the way. So Chelsea have lost a leader and they, mm. they are short of leaders. I just think, yeah, great, great move from Arteta, who, by the way, Arteta plays... Arteta's becoming Pep 2.0, isn't he? He's bought some Man City players in Jesus and Zinchenko. He plays a very similar style. 
Pep Guardiola, when Jorginho left Napoli, was desperate to sign Jorginho. It's been well publicised. Pep has spoken about it. He didn't get his man, Pep. Jorginho literally at the 12th hour decided I'm going to go sign for Chelsea because Maurizio Sarri had just been appointed the manager there and he stayed with the same manager. Pep didn't go and buy a replacement because he was like, no, I want Jorginho. I want that type of player. So he had to wait a year to actually bought the Fernandinho replacement, which was Rodri and was an amazing signing with a slightly different profile. But just like Pep wanted Jorginho, Arteta wants Jorginho. There's no coincidence here. Elite managers think this guy is brilliant. So let's give him some respect. <laughs> It's interesting because like, it's very easy. I mean, I, I don't particularly like Jorginho in the same way that I don't really like pickles, you know? But it's like I'm with someone who really likes pickles. So, yeah, yeah maybe you're the girl that's got me into pickles. I don't know. Maybe you got me into Jorginho. It's an interesting signing, isn't it? I mean, his experience is a leadership move. It's cover for a lot of their players. Yeah. It's just, I, I can see why Arsenal fans are a bit like, why couldn't we have moved for someone who's really going to strengthen us and, you know... Long-term as well. Heavily linked to Casado. Obviously, I've been having endless Twitter beef with people on Twitter because <laughs> I think we, you know, it doesn't matter what I think. Uh, you know, I, I think £60 million is probably the right money for Casado, but not in January. And yeah. we, and we as, a, as, as Brighton, put a valuation on him around £100 million. Chelsea and Arsenal weren't willing to pay it. Why should we bend over and, and, let, them, and, let, and let him leave, you know? He came out and he did his, uh, his agent came out and did that statement. It was, you know, unless they stumped up 100 million, there was no way he was going to, he was going to go. So Arsenal have had to settle for, um, you know, a, a kind of a less impressive option, I think, given his age and given the fact he's not going to probably be a first team player. Uh, but yeah, as a Brighton fan, I'm happy that Casado uh, is staying because he at the moment is worth 100 million to us in January um, and he'll probably leave for 60 million or something in the, in the summer. Which will be sad, yeah. but I'll be able to take it. Um, Trossard. Trossard to Arsenal. Another Brighton player. Very rare transfer where I think everyone's happy. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, I think we've got Matoma. So he wasn't playing on the left. He wasn't doing particularly well in the false nine. I think he's a great rotation option for Arsenal. I think he makes them stronger. I want to see him do well. 25 million. Everyone's happy, right? Yeah, it feels, it feels good. Um, he's not going to get in the Arsenal 11 straight away. But... He's been bought to put pressure on that eleven. The eleven feels so good at the moment. Like all good, all elite teams kind of have that. Certainly, title-winning teams have that eleven you can just name, and Arsenal have it. So the likes of Jorginho and Trossard have to almost wait in line. But seeing Trossard come off the bench against um, United, I thought he did more. He almost did as much in ten minutes as what Martinez did all game. And then seeing play in the FA Cup against Man City, he was one of Arsenal's best players. I know they lost the game 1-0, but he was brilliant. And I did think, yeah, this makes Martinelli a worse FPL option because, sure, he's probably going to continue to start, but he's going to get he's going to come off a lot at 70 minutes, a lot at perhaps 60 minutes. Um, Martinelli will be first attacking sub to come off and Trossard will come into that, that role. And if Trossard hits the ground running, he'll continues to impress. And Martinelli hasn't looked great post-World Cup. Maybe we see a little change there. Um, so, yeah, it puts me off Martinelli. Mm. Gives them options as well. It means, they, it means they could go to three at the back. Maybe he could play a wing back if they need to. I just think it's a really good signing for them. And yeah. he's obviously got a point to prove, um, having been ousted by, by De Zerbi. So, yeah, interesting to know where that goes. Um, McKenny, I don't know a huge amount about him. You're the Italian correspondent, <laughs> I guess. Uh, what can you tell us about him? I know he's, he's, he's a laugh, right? I've seen his interviews. And he's got a lot of energy and... Yeah. You know, obviously good at the World Cup with the US, but I don't really know too much about him at, at Juve. I did an interview for, when you were away, as you'd have missed this, for Arsenal Fan TV. Um, and they referred to me as the Italian Stallion. expert or something. And I was <laughs> like, yes, I've, I've waited all my life for this. I finally made it, mum. I'm on Arsenal Fan TV speaking about, trans, it was it was Arsenal would sign a, a centre-back, Kivior from, from Spezia in Serie A. And they wanted to know a little bit about him. But um, look, McKenny. This is a great signing for the Premier League. Mm. Like I'm excited to see him in the Premier League. I, he joined Juve at a really tough time because there's just since he's joined, they've been all over the place various for various reasons. But this is a player, and for those that watch McKenny in the World Cup, the England USA game, for example, I think it was a bit of a boring nil nil. Thought McKenny at the time was probably best player on the pitch, um, and he's linking up with people he knows well manage American manager he'll be playing next to Tyler Adams in the middle of the park which is who he plays with for the USA um, 
I think, again, this is a loan with an option to buy for, I think, 30 mil. Juve picked him up on a free from Germany. He likes a, he, he likes a late run into the box. He can be a goal threat. He's full of energy. He's surprisingly good in the air. He scores headers. Mm. Um, and he's, I think, probably sub six foot, but he's got a really good leap on him. Um, he's joining a really exciting team. For USA, he starts over, say, Aronson. Slightly different roles, but Aronson is obviously in that team as well at Leeds. I think we'll see both and Adams, but it's a very very attack-minded midfield if you go for those three. Um, and that Leeds have got lots of fun attacking players ahead of him. So he might have to be a little bit more disciplined and play like as a traditional box-to-box central midfield number eight, um, which is his role, but he's going to have to remember that defensive responsibility as, as well because he can't, he can't just keep bombing into the box trying to score knowing they've got all those attacking players mm. ahead of him. He surely improves Leeds attacking-wise. I mean... Nonto is, is is popular. Someone like Harrison, if he stays, I mean, he's, he's been linked away. Um, Sinistera's like coming back and things. I don't know. Yeah. Having, having that kind of like, I mean, that's a really experienced player if he's been playing for Juve, you know, and, and a US international as well coming into the midfield. It surely makes Leeds stronger. So it's a good time with the double coming up. Yeah, I'm interested to see. I, I think that signing pretty much secures Leeds safety. I hope so. I I'd like really to see good, Leeds in the, yeah. stay in the Prem. They've got too many good players. Gordon, what do you reckon about this? Anthony Gordon to, to Newcastle, £40 million. Pounds. I don't really rate him that highly. Um, I don't get the hype. I don't really get the hype. And I guess they need someone who can kind of operate in the St. Maximan type position because he's always injured and he can give a cover to a few different areas. But is he that good? I don't like I guess- to slate players because I'm crap at football <laughs> but I can only rate them based on you know the money they've gone and the club he's gone to who are a top four challenging club I'm not too sure about it personally they're not the first club that have been linked with him and the fact Chelsea were linked with even bigger money move in the summer there are scouts that are impressed by this kid we just haven't seen enough of it um it's the English tax though isn't it if if Anthony Gordon wasn't English wasn't playing in the Premier League it'd be a 10 million transfer Interestingly enough, he, I saw the other day, he's not. You don't buy a player for this, but he reached the he reached the second highest speed in the Premier League this season. He is rapid, he? so maybe they like the idea of the counter attack. He was that fast. To be Neither fair. did I. I was really surprised to see him in the top five. Um, yeah, and, and we'll talk about number one in in a couple yeah, of items. I, time. I actually know who that is. Weirdly enough, I didn't know Gordon was second though. Um, well, let's talk about him now. Let's talk about Mudrick. Uh, now he's gone to Chelsea. He is clocked as the fastest speed in the Premier League. He's only had one game. Yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, again, I don't know a huge amount about him. Obviously, lots of money signed. He's in a bit of trouble for a social media post that he did today. Um, but yeah, you've got to think he's going to be major key player for, for Chelsea. And the question marks are around Sterling, I think, as whether Sterling can, can keep his place because Mudrick looks like he's going to yeah. oust him. Looks like an exciting prospect. He does. He looked really good against Liverpool as well. It's easy to look at his record. I think this season at Shakhtar, 18 games, 10 goals, 8 assists and go Farmers League. But then when you look at the numbers and you go, oh, those 18 games, a third of them were in the Champions League. I think six of them were Champions League where he got five goal involvements. And then you go back to the Champions League last season. The first time I'd ever seen him play, and I've only ever seen him in the Champs, was him playing against Real Madrid as he got a standing ovation at the Bernabeu, mm. playing for Shakhtar. How many players go to the Bernabeu and get a standing ovation from the Real Madrid fans? So clearly, mm. he's impressed. that They're all probably thinking, let's, let's buy this kid in 18 months' time or whatever. Now, sure, he's been overpriced. Um, Eight-year deal as well, he's got his name? Yeah, it's how you get around financial fair play. Yeah. Eight-and-a-half-year deal. Um, <laughs> I think Chelsea players have said they're proper impressed. Apparently... There's been Chelsea players saying his shot in training is ridiculously hard mm. and they're super impressed by his one-on-one ability and how fast he is. So yeah, I think dubbed the Ukrainian Neymar, don't quite know if he's going to be that good. Um, and I don't quite know if he's that even profile of player, but he's going to be he's going to get a lot of starts. In FPL as seven million midfielder, yeah, he's going to be he's going to be on the team sheet. Yeah, I, li- I like him. I do like him. I think if I was in the market for a Chelsea player, he'd be the one that, that I'd be going for. Um, Gakpo to Liverpool. They mm. kind of need him because they're running out of players, <laughs> all the injuries, yeah. and Nunes isn't exactly doing amazingly well. We're going to talk a bit more about Gakpo later because we've got some data um, on him as well. I think he's, I think he's better value than Salah. 
at the moment. If I was buying a yeah. Liverpool player, I'd, I'd be going for him. He looks good in the, in the games I've seen. Yeah, he's he, a bit like Darwin. He's been getting chances but not converting them. We much rather see that in FPL than a player not getting any chances like Mo Salah, for example. So he's missed a few. Not looked the most composed early on, but the fact that the ball's dropping his way is positive. I'm just not sure about this signing. He fits in the team and when everyone's fit. And I'm just surprised Liverpool... I don't know if they're linked with any any moves, last minute moves in the next couple of hours that I don't know about. But like I'm just surprised that they've spent their their money, their January money has gone on an attacking player, which yeah they do need because of injuries. But what they really need is a midfielder. Um, so I don't know. I don't know about this one. No, I think I think it's I think it's pretty good to work out. But it'd be interesting what his role is when when all their players are yeah are fit. Um, just a couple of, of kind of more minor ones. Felix uh, has obviously gone to Chelsea on loan just signed a new contract though with Atletico they're waiting for Simeone to leave I think and then Felix is going to go back and be like the talisman again weird weird transfer I think I don't really think he's a option is he I think you, you go for Mudrick don't you if you're going to buy a, a Chelsea attacker I um, think so it's just a shame that Felix has come in as a striker as well um, mm. just don't like the fact he's 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 He's, uh, he's coming as a striker. Looks like our mics might be a bit choppy as We might need to check our clean feed. Uh, there's absolutely no reason for that because my internet connection's good. Clean feed is working. No idea why it's doing that. So hmm, Weird. Choppy, everyone says. I don't know how to fix it. Oh, it says it's... <laughs> someone said... Jobby Jaws has said it, it is fixed. It's fixed. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, well, if it happens again, let us know. But yeah, thanks, uh, guys. I can't restart the app. Well, that's good advice because that will end everything. But yeah, let me know if if it's uh, if it goes wrong. Um, it shouldn't be. My internet is good. Good it says good connection anyway. Um, okay, and finally, um, Sabitza has gone to United. We won't go into too much detail about it because it's not really an FPL option. Um, it's obviously cover for Ericsson. Um, I didn't know too much about him. I looked him up. Basically, he was amazing at Leipzig. Signed for Bayern. Couldn't really break into the team. He's got a hell of a free kick on him. And yeah. he's going to be good cover, you know, for Ericsson while, he, while he's gone. So, not an option. But again, I think it's it, it just United needed to sign a midfielder, and I think it just means they're not all going to be knackered and ruined in a few weeks when because they, they've got like a game every three days or something ridiculous. Like that, Their so. schedule's insane, and they they are a bit light. That Ericsson mm. injury is going to potentially hit him hard. Yeah, just Fred Fernandez and uh, Sabitzer because McTominay and Ericsson are both. Injured. Uh, excellent. Right. Well, that took us ages to cover all that. I thought that was going to be a really quick section. But, uh, <laughs> a lot of fun. Let's get into some actual uh, FPL stuff. Um, right. So this is the next six. So Arsenal are top of the ticker. Uh, Leeds there as well. City United, all the teams with the double game weeks. They are the four teams with double game weeks in the next two weeks. Uh, Brighton are next. We've had some tough games. We've got Bournemouth. We've got Palace. We've got Fulham. Uh, coming up and Chelsea as well with all their new signings we haven't even mentioned Enzo who might be signing for 110 million probably will have signed by the time this goes out uh, another signing uh, they've got Fulham West Ham Southampton uh, Leeds all in the next five so good fixtures for them right down the bottom Bournemouth and Palace not a good time for Palace given they've been awful uh, Newcastle right down there though although they have got West Ham and Bournemouth uh, in the next two the important thing to remember here is I've put some question marks uh, Newcastle are playing Southampton at the moment. Newcastle are beating Southampton. Uh, if they are to win that game, which it looks like they will, and go through, that means their game against Brighton in game week 25 will be off. Yeah, which is not good news to me because I've got three, <laughs> three players uh, in that match. Uh, and again, United are playing Forest. United are freeing up in that game. You'd expect them to go through, uh, and that means their game against Brentford will be off in 25. So. It's very likely that there will be no game for United, Brentford, Newcastle and Brighton in game week 25. So factor that in if you're making any transfers. I don't know what I make of the uh, the blanks in 25. They're, they're, they're going to hit us hard. But at the same time, it, I don't want to be put off buying players. Like, for example, last week I mm. wasn't put off buying a Brighton player because I was like, there are points there to be had now. I always think with these blanks, if you get... Nine or ten good players out, that's way better than forcing it to get your player 10 and 11 who are just going to go pick up two points and you're taking hits to get someone who's got a very low ceiling in just to cover. So this is more about quality over quantity for me as we prep for 25 and then the blank in 28 as well. Well, Brighton Newcastle is a, a tricky game to call anyway in that. Yeah. Because, you know, I'd, I'd ex- I mean, I know Newcastle have been incredible, but I'd still bat, bat Brighton to score in that. People are going off Almeron anyway, you know, the attackers... 
I don't think that's that's a huge kind of a blow. Um, United Brentford is interesting because it's a home game for United, so Rashford obviously could be a big miss. Lots of people could be buying like Fernandez, maybe Anthony Shaw, and all that. I mean, I'm going to probably end up with six players out of that game, so I need I do need to start thinking a little bit about it. But I know what you mean. I don't really want to. I wouldn't be not buying like Matoma, for example, has got Bournemouth, Palace, and Fulham in the next three. Are you really not going to tap into that just because there might be just because of the blanking twenty five? Mate, loads last week weren't willing to buy Matoma for really that su- reason. I'm surprised. I'm which, surprised. Yeah, which, yeah, 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 me too. But I mean, of course, you need to err on the side of caution for some players. But but when there's, I mean, you've shown the same with Botman in recent weeks. You know, six and six. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you saw this from Ben Krellin as well. Obviously, one of the best accounts to follow at Ben Krellin. Uh, he's been looking at game week twenty eight, which is FA Cup quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. So he has been looking at the teams that are likely to have a blank uh, in this. Um, and there's some big names um, coming yeah. in this. So Brighton United, 92% likely, Ben thinks, to be off. Because uh, all it would take is Brighton to beat Stoke in the Cup or United to beat West Ham. Probably going to happen, one of those two um, at least. Man City, West Ham, 92% to be off. If Man City beat Bristol City or if West Ham beat United, you'd expect Man City to beat Bristol City. That's probably going to be off as well. Uh, and Southampton Tottenham, 88%. Southampton need to beat Luton uh, or was it Grims- Grimsby? Gree? Must be. Uh, or if Spurs beat Sheffield United slash Wrexham. So again, these are Premier League sides against lower league oppositions. You'd expect those three teams to go through. So I'm looking at that. I've got Kane. I've got De Bruyne. I've got Haaland. I've got Rashford. I've got Matoma. I've got Shaw. That's going to be free hit territory, I think, for me. Oh. Realistically. Do not want free hit in a in a big double though. Uh, I hate using question. free hit in a small blank. For me, this is potentially a dead end your team into a wild card in in twenty nine or even I think is I think twenty nine is going to be a big double. So could even dead end your team, bring in transfers of players you know will play in twenty eight and then free hit in twenty nine mm. or wild card in twenty nine. I don't think I'll be free hitting this week, but I get it. I get and for you especially your. You're stacked on, say, Brighton and City there, just two of those teams. This is this week is going to cause carnage. The 25 yep. blank is is manageable. The 28 blank leaves us with a lot of options and it's going to be disruptive to most of us. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. There's going to be lots of different strategies utilised. There's going to be the wild card. There's going to be the free hits. There's going to be people just trying to muddle through. Um I see. I like to use a free hit in, in the blank <laughs> because I know that I'm going to get points and... I've used the free hit so many times. Well, I can think of three occasions when I've used a free hit and ended up with less points than if I just stuck with my original team. And yeah. it hurts, but we are going to see lots of doubles. I don't know. It's a tricky one. My instinct is I'm probably going to use it, given how many players I'm going to have uh, out and without the time to really do the dead-ending tactic. But, yeah. You can have some fun with it. I mean, just looking at the confirmed fixtures, mm. you know, you don't own Aston Villa and Chelsea players. But in a, on a free hit, Villa at home to Bournemouth, Chelsea at home to Everton. By then, we could see the likes of Mudrick or Jao Felix looking really good. Aston Villa have got some interesting players too. You could go quite differential with a free hit team and, and have some fun with it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe the wildcard is a bit strange. We'll, we'll cover 28 in a bit more detail kind of as we get closer. But yeah, do worth kind of checking these and checking Ben Crowley on Twitter to uh, you know, help with any potential moves you might be making um, right let's look at some data lovely lovely data here we go team attack so this is all the data we're going to be talking about is since the restart we've got six weeks of data now uh, so we can start looking at that uh, this is the team data attack Arsenal right at the top um, XG non panic for 90 of 2.27 basically expected to score over two goals every match and they've had the fixture difficulty of 14 out of 20 so tough fixtures and doing that, Setting is City with 2.21, actually non pillar 90, who've had the best fixtures. Now, yeah. doesn't that, if that doesn't highlight how good Arsenal are attacking-wise this season, I don't know what does, because they are just incredible, aren't they? Amazing side. This is, this is why I, like, given the choice now, and it's too late for me, I'm not going to go move Ben White and, and to St Nketiah, but this is why having triple Arsenal attack would be my play if I was, say, on a wild card. And this is why I don't mind in making a sideways move from, say, a Martinelli to an Odegaard or making a move to accommodate an Inketia because getting getting three Arsenal in the right three or two of the right three for the runner games they're about to go on and the double game week 
is needed because this is the best attack in the league by country mile. You know, we all go and spend a quarter of our budget on Man City attack. You know, we have Haaland and KDB or what's that, a fifth of our budget. Um, we probably need to invest even more in that Arsenal attack. Like Nketiah yeah. and Odegaard still aren't, and Saka probably aren't owned high enough, as, as high as they should be. I know a ton of us are on Martinelli from the early season bargain, the early season form, but those other Arsenal players need probably a little bit more love up top. You wait till I show you some stats on Nketiah in a minute. That doesn't tempt you into selling Havertz for him. Uh, I don't know what will. Uh, I've highlighted Brighton here as well. Maybe I'm a bit biased, but it is impressive. We're fifth on the table behind Arsenal, City, Liverpool, United, and then us, but 19th on the fixture difficulty. Actually, non-penny but 90 of 1.61, which is, you know, insanely high and we're actually converting we've been top of these yeah, bloody yeah. tables before and, and never been able to score we're actually scoring goals now it's I don't what's know. the difference as because it's the same players obviously it's a different coaching team and Deserby is clearly like an elite manager but what's or driving towards being an elite manager what's he done differently why are you sticking the ball in the net because as you say you were neat and tidy before but the end product wasn't always there Deserby's lost Trossard and Potentially we'll lose Kaisei. Yeah. Like, some of his best players have gone and he still looks really good. This team looks great. I don't know, is <laughs> the answer. Yeah. Um, I mean, Matoma is much more clinical than, than Trossard has, has been. He's, he's, got, he's got a good conversion rate and when I see him take a shot, I tend to think it's going to at least hit the target. <laughs> Whereas you never really yeah. know with half, half our players what it is. But I don't know what it is. I mean, you could argue it's confidence. You could argue it's a, you know, a different type of... Don't have a run the players are making. I, I don't. I don't really know. We've got players playing in slightly different positions now, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's hard to finger point exactly what it is. But hey, I won't complain. It's it's lovely to see um, our scoring goals. Uh, oh, that Liverpool game in the FA Cup was such a good game to watch. Honestly, just got back from um, Mexico, lying on the yeah. sofa watching that. Oh, that goal from anyway. Sorry, I will stop going. The XG that. in that game as for Brighton was over no, two over again. Two. We, we we were the, we absolutely dominated that game. We were fantastic and. Yeah. Liverpool lost their heads at the end. And I don't care what Klopp says when he starts complaining about the question being asked and all that. Yeah, they've had three, basically should have had three red cards. Well, yeah. okay, that's maybe a bit much. But I mean, How was Canate's not a red? I mean, Canate's he, was he, a second yellow. Fabinho's yeah. was a clear red. Robertson's would have been a harsh red, but could have been a red. Fabinho thought he was done. He oh, was yeah. kind of like, you could see, he just, he would realise he made a mistake. He was, he was leaving the pitch. And then how, can, like, oh. how can, how can they not give that? How can VAR review that and not give it when it's a, it could be a season ending tackle from behind. I, I yeah. just, oh, VAR, let's not, let's not go down that road because my God, that, that technology pisses me off. Um, Spurs I've highlighted as well. They're 14th on this list, uh, despite having the fourth best yeah. fixtures, really struggling down there. They're like Sakane, you know, Son hasn't been an option for us. I've got Kulazewski, got the double up there, but Kane's got this illness now and, mm, don't know, it's, it's a bit of a worrying time. So they did grind out a win against against Fulham, but one to monitor. Uh, and then finally, Palace, right down the bottom. Second best fixtures. Ouch. Bottom of the list. You know, quite a few people went for Zaha. I don't know what's, what's going on with Palace this season. They, they, they really have been awful, haven't they? They have, and and they, they should they should be improved because this is a good squad of players. Yeah. They've got so many exciting forwards. You look at Elise and Eze, and Wilf. Edward, they still don't have an out and out nine. Like Edward isn't the answer. I don't think Mateta's not the answer. Um, and I don't know if Vieira is is going to perhaps push for a, a nine, perhaps in the summer now. But they've got a good core group of players here. Um, I think they'll come good because I think Vieira is going to be a good manager and I think that they, they've shown glimpses of, of, of being a good team. But they've had a soft centre this season. They've been conceding far too many and that's not what we associate with, with Palace defence. You know, that mm. centre-back partnership, Anderson and Gahey are a good combo, um, but just not necessarily been performing this year. Yeah, I mean, they're not really, they're not really being talked about for relegation. I mean, they've got 24 points, which isn't awful. Uh, it puts them in 12th place. There's definitely teams worse than them, but there definitely seems to be some issues um, with identity and exactly what they are. But yeah, yeah, to be bottom of this bottom of this table, I think at this stage is is a bit uh, worrying. Um, let's take a look at defence. So top of the team data defence is Newcastle. Unsurprisingly, actually conceded 0.90, Just shows it's not a fluke though, right? They're just not conceded like big chance conceded per ninety, 0.2. The next best on this list is. Brentford, I think, which is 0.6. 
I mean, that is so low. <laughs> that is just, it's absolutely nuts. The team just cannot seem to find a way through. Honestly, and the fixture difficulty there, like they've not had easy games. They've not had easy games at all. Uh, yeah, Eddie Howe. We didn't know Eddie Howe was this type of manager. No. It's not the Eddie Howe we remember from Bournemouth. His team's leaked goals at Bournemouth and they were really good going forward. This Newcastle team, certainly post-World Cup in the Premier League, I know they've scored two tonight, in the Premier League, they've looked a little bit goal shy and shot shy, but it doesn't matter too much because they, they, they're banking on those clean sheets. They're winning games 1-0. But yeah, an elite defence, fair play. The recruitment's been great as well. Like, I think Burnett left back's been really good. Botman's been sensational and, and Trippier's best player in FPL this season. I mean, it's, honestly, it's, not, it's nice to see Burn doing well. Um, you know, boyhood, Geordie leaves us okay left us I thought we left us a bit short but you know fair enough don't begrudge that move at all and you know for him to still be doing there and playing well and scoring and stuff is, is great so yeah no. full full credit to I mean Newcastle have just been defied all expectations this season um, Southampton have highlighted as well they're sixth that's amazing that one I know sixth on the list um, seven best fixtures Nathan Jones he's having an impact uh, they've scored a couple spending of some money as well aren't yeah, they Southampton spent a bit of money uh, you know, they got off to a bad start. The fans were calling him to be sacked after after just a couple of games. But since that that win against City, uh, you know, things are, are looking up. But they are bottom of the league. They've got 15 points. They need to start getting points. Uh, Defence is always a good place to start. I still think they go down. I do. I don't... I don't think that back line's good enough. Even the, even the goalkeeper. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you're just not going to invest in them with FPL even seeing these good numbers. Just above them, though, Brentford probably haven't given them the respect they deserve. Like, likes, I've seen a few people with Ben Mee. I mean, they, David Raya would be our keeper probably if Kepa wasn't in the mix. Like, I think he's a similar price to Kepa, around 4.7, 4.8. He's kept three clean sheets in the last four. Mm. Brentford are a good defence, but yeah, Southampton will be a swerve. But I think Brentford at some point will probably be investing in in one or two of their assets, not just Tony, but but maybe a defender or two. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and I've highlighted Spurs again as well, 13th on the list here, Ouch. defensive-wise, not doing well. One player we haven't talked about is their new signing. Um, oh yeah, Porro. Porro, yeah. So Doherty's gone, Porro's come in, Emerson's still around somehow. You've got to think Porro's going to take that spot, but... You never really know, but defensively they're not doing, not looking too amazing. Very, very average across both. You'd expect more from from Conte's side. Yeah, you would. That that centre back three of kind of Romero and Dyer and Davies has had a soft centre, but also Hugo Lloris is having a season to forget. And mm. I think he, I think they've conceded a ton from 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 Lloris errors. Um, so yeah. See what happens there. Mm. I'm sure they'll be recruiting a goalkeeper in the summer. A few people saying that Palace's fixtures um, have been tougher than I'm giving them credit for. Uh, this is according to the scout ticker, which I've just double-checked. Um, they have played Fulham and Bournemouth uh, in 17 and 18. They have then played Spurs, Chelsea, United and Newcastle, which I do agree is a is quite a tough mm. run of game. I think Spurs and, and Chelsea and United have all been, um, you know, they're not as kind of difficult fixtures as, as you might think. So... Yeah, Palace are, are second over this period. Um, I haven't got, they haven't made any mistakes, according to Scout. Um, so yeah, don't blame me, <laughs> basically. Sports Social Podcast Network.